Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. Dear Hank and John. I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you other week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon, and offer dubious op- advice. Offer dubious advice, John. Do you yeah. know? Do you know that Rick Astley will absolutely loan you any Disney movie? He, he Except will. for one. Oh, he is never gonna give <laughs> you up. <laughs> Good job. That's good. That's a good joke. Hey, so listen. Uh Uh-huh. We need to talk about the elephant in the room, I think. Uh, Is it it you, the fact that you are in the room? No. Because that, I don't think we haven't told people that. That is an elephant in the room. Hank and I are in the same place at the same time. Mm -hmm. We're in lovely Southern California for assorted work obligations. (laughs) But... The elephant in the room uh-huh. is that Hank and I were making a TikTok the other day, a, a, a collab, as the young people call it. I was trying to, I was trying to jump on some of that 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 Hank hype train. Okay, good, good. And You're trying to get to the that two million follower mark, which I did. Nice. And I saw in the reflection, like as I was recording the TikTok, I saw in the selfie camera a triangle. Right. On the inside it was of great. your arm. This is a fantastic TikTok because John, the face my brother made when he found out, I did not tell him that I got a tattoo, uh, which is my first tattoo and the first tattoo in the entire Green family. I don't even think any of our 17 cousins have tattoos. Uh, yeah. You think so? Oh, <laughs> us. We can't talk about it. We don't, we don't talk about don't, tattoos. I think probably got some too. But the point is yeah. that you have a tattoo. It is of a triangle. Tuna, are you going to bleep those out or just cut it? Okay. They're right. public figures. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> That's how I always think about um, <laughs> internet celebrities. So, 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 it is, so you have a tattoo of a triangle. It mm-hmm. is a permanent tattoo. That is correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you 
chose not to tell me or, or you just neglected to tell me? I, I felt like it would be a thing. I just didn't want the thing to be a thing. Like you didn't want me to be like, I can't believe you got a tattoo. I'm so horrified. No, like, I think it's, it's just I, like, it's like I, at any given moment, there's something else to talk about. I just feel like if you'd said, John, I got a tattoo, I would have been like, that's great. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Um, I'm really glad that you and your friends... Well, here's what happened with Mom. Okay. Catherine told Mom that I got a tattoo. Mm -hmm. And then Mom said to me, do Mm -hmm. you have a tattoo? Oh, that's a little passive-aggressive. That's a... What... what, Like, like, what... Are you trying to catch me in a lie right now, Mm -hmm. Mom? I'm 42 Mm -hmm. years old. Mm -hmm. Is this still happening? Anyway, Mm -hmm. I said yes. Um, I, I said, I said, what do you know? What do you... No, I said, no, what do you know? And then we fought like we were... I was a teenager. Really? No. Oh, okay. Good, 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 good. Uh, I like the tattoo. I have a couple of constructive criticisms. <laughs> oh no! Don't I, do don't do that ever. No. One thing I've <laughs> noticed about people is that they really like it when you give constructive criticisms of their tattoo that they yeah. can't change that's on their body. Forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I do. I really like it. I love a simple geometric tattoo. I'm a big fan of shapes, and it's just a triangle. Mm-hmm. So I don't have an issue with it. It's okay. just the fact. That you got a tattoo and didn't tell me. I thought we were close. Like I've always thought of us as being close. And I, it, 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 my shock was not like I can't believe he got a tattoo. My shock was I can't believe I'm finding out he got a tattoo while filming a TikTok. Yeah. With him. But like, isn't that the best possible way? Because you, you literally, I, we got your face. Yeah. No, on was- camera. In fact. Uh, if if I had gotten a, my favorite Star Wars character on my face mm-hmm. as a tattoo, mm-hmm. you would have been super shocked. But because you couldn't believe the Luke on my face. The Luke? Luke instead of Luke. That was tortured and not very funny. Um, however, it reminds me that I went to Disneyland. Uh, yeah, this uh, this I was trying to get to Disney uh, this whole time. Okay, good. So I went to Disneyland. We, we, you, it's like you forgot. I also went to Disney today, though I went to California Adventure. Right. Because we couldn't get tickets to Disneyland. Well, it turns out that you couldn't get tickets to Disneyland because it's not like, oh, they decided like we have enough people. It's like, oh... This is the maximum number. We've reached the point where one square foot of land is occupied by each person. Yeah. It was the most crowded experience I've ever had. I was shoulder to shoulder with so many strangers. I'll tell you, California Adventure was was busy, but it was not that busy. Oh, it was really Also, halfway through the day, there was uh, some lightning, and so that closes down like half the rides at Disney. So like the half that were open were like, well, I'm not going on those. I guess it's corndog time. Good for you. Yeah, I had a number of soft pretzels, which is my preferred Disney snack. Mm. It's only six dollars and seventy-five cents these <laughs> days for a soft pretzel, and I happen to know what That's... the what the wholesale cost of a soft pretzel is because you know... I wanted to get into a business where we have the awesome wow. pretzel company where oh, we send you a soft pretzel mm-hmm. every month. I uh, I once uh, catered an event. Uh, when you know you have a thousand jobs during that period of your life, when you have a thousand jobs, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as and, opposed to this period of your life. <laughs> <laughs> and I came home with a lot of yeah. soft pretzels, and I put them in the freezer, and yeah. I ate a soft pretzel every day for over a month, and it was oh, yeah. glorious. It's a great, it's a great life. Yeah, I mean, I. I really think... Like, why don't I have a freezer full of soft pretzels all the time? I know that people are not crying out for a soft pretzel subscription service, but it's one of those things that you don't think that you want or need, but then if it starts coming to your house, you'll never cancel it. Right. Maybe we make the first month free to hook them. Yeah. (laughs) 
no one will ever no one can stop no one can stop getting no. a free soft free set of four soft pretzels available at their home once a month brand name for the soft pretzel subscription company three two one awesome pretzel go. Oh, <laughs> it's an easy one <laughs> alright let's answer some questions from our listeners soft pretzopolis <laughs> that's the that's the village that the soft pretzels come from yeah yeah, like yeah. A, it's a and true, I'm the I'm king. It's a true company town. Yeah, there's only, God, there's only one <laughs> one place of work. Mm-hmm. All right. This first question comes from Holly, who writes, "Dear John and Hank, this weekend I went into a surgery for a spinal fusion, and then a couple things went wrong, and the surgeon had to slice me open." Uh, Hank, just don't look at your phone while I was tr- I was trying to close it and it started playing. I'll tell you one thing. What? One of the great things about making the podcast with Hank in person is that it's great to be in his company. One of the bad things is that you find out how little of the time he's listening to you. What are you talking? I just uh, I just noticed Lizzo left a comment on my TikTok. And, he, and, and Lizzo said, your brother was the post before this one, so she saw yours too. And she knows that we're brothers. Hank. <laughs> Did you need to know that? Uh, no. You have a problem. I have so many problems. But no, this is... Holly asks, do you know what kind of surgery she had? Mm-mm, not yet. You haven't said. I did say. The first time when I wasn't listening. I'm listening now. This week I went into surgery for a spinal fusion, but a couple things went wrong. By the way, Holly's had a terrible day, Hank, and you're not even paying attention I to am, it. I'm Her opening, life was in danger. Trying to open the And you're questions. still looking at for podcast questions. I mean, how, like, that is your computer. It's all the way over there. Can we just briefly, though, <laughs> talk about the problem and acknowledge that it's a problem? Oh, yeah. Okay. And this isn't an intervention, but... But it we, might someday be. We may have to have one. <laughs> and I don't want to. <laughs> Holly has had a very serious set of events that you still have not heard about. There's a spinal fusion surgery. Something went wrong. My surgeon had to slice me open, sternum to pelvis to fix it. Unfortunately, this now means I cannot really use my tummy muscles for normal body functions. Mm -hmm. My doctors and nurses really want me to regain these functions, starting with farting. But how does one go about relearning to fart? Restarting, departed, farting, Holly. Incredible name. Started, departed, farting. Incredible name specific sign off. Very good. Incredible question. I'm so sorry you're going through this, Holly. Mm -hmm. Hank, yeah. you fart all the time. What's the key? <laughs> no one farts more than you. That's not true at all. There's okay. a bunch of people who fart more than me. But I fart a lot. And here's, I mean, I think that before you can get the muscles, you first off, it never occurred to me that you need stomach muscles to fart. But then ever yeah. since I read this question, I've been doing it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> You've been farting? Yeah. Just for the for Holly's sake? Yeah, just for research. Okay. Yeah, and, and you do need... You do need a... Need to, to do some... Yeah. So I think you start out, Holly, by... And I, I, listen, I'm not a doctor. And I'm certainly not a... I do, yeah, I feel like maybe the doctor... Isn't there like a physical therapist who specializes in this? I'm sure there is. But I think what you do mm-hmm. is you you begin by fake farting. You just know? doing that? Yeah, just kind of doing... I think left side... First of all, body position is important. Well, I don't know. I don't know how much Holly's moving around, Hank. I don't know. I just I like get me know. on my left side for a little bit. So oh, let really? me see how that goes. If you turn on your left side, that's when you're most likely to. That's when I feel like if I'm like ah, oh, I got some gas. If I lay on my left side, I'm like ah, it's like it's moving. 
I, I just wonder, like, do you practice with just the stomach before you begin to practice with the lower parts? So just like ab muscles upward. My inclination would be to work my way down in mm. terms of my training. Mm. I, it's a, it feels like it's a deep lower ab thing, the fart. I, I, I've got a little bit above the belly button. Mm. Got a little bit above the belly button. Maybe everybody does it different. You don't have anything above the belly I button. I feel like I do. Yeah, I feel like I just all low deep. Oh no! Like I'm doing it right now. I'm, I'm right above the belly if button. If I like want to, if I want to like trumpet out a big old blaster so yeah. that the whole room hears Is me. Is there maybe. another way to do it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, maybe that's the Man, issue. I have. I I'm no lepetamine, but I have a lot. I have a lot of farts I could give you. What's Lepetamine? Lepetamine is the man who fell into an Arctic ocean. His He drew a tremendous amount of cold water uh, during his fall into his rectum. And ever since then, uh, like, received the ability to basically do anything with farts. Like, he could, he could like, rudimentarily speak. He could play the trumpet. You don't buy Lepetamine? It's, like, the best, weirdest, like, mental flaw-style fact out there. Is he alive? No. This was a long time ago. Well, that's very And sad. possibly wasn't real. Well, he, didn't, he died of normal. He's, he was the performer in like vaudeville days. I'm really glad that you mentioned that phrase because it's my least favorite phrase. This is going to be the Hank and John argue episode. What? What did, what did I do? You said he died, he died of normal causes. <laughs> and I really dislike that. Right. Or like the phrase well, natural it's... causes. I really dislike the phrase yeah. natural causes. It's like, okay. because both normal and natural causes are a way of saying like, he died a death that is acceptable to me. <laughs> that, I am was... able, that I am able to compartmentalize uh, without trouble. Given the year of his birth, he's yes. bound to be dead at this point. That's great. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's what I'm trying to get across. What I, one way, there's no good way to do it. It's a very complicated thing. Mm-hmm. But I think, Holly, the main thing we want is an update. We really Yeah, want yeah, we want to know how that goes. Because I think that you're going to be the expert on this. Yeah, we just think that, like, you potentially, like, could have a new career on your hands um, once you master this. So we need to know how it goes. And if you, hopefully you don't turn into lepetamate. Yeah. And yeah. how how old was he when he died? 80? 88. 88. All right. Yeah. So he had a, he had an okay run. Yeah. Um, he was, and interestingly, according to this, he did not fart fart gas. He was able to draw air in mm. and then expel it, um, mm. which is something else. Yeah. No. That's. I'm so glad I know that now. <laughs> I'm sure um, you did at one point and you just forgot. Probably. This next question comes from Kaza, who writes. Or Kaiza, who writes, Dear John and Hank, every day when I walk to school, I walk past a very large sign that says, Are you dreaming about invisible sounds? Wow. Is that a thing? Like a billboard? Like Is there such a thing as a visible sound? Should I be dreaming about invisible sounds? What would happen if sound was visible? I'm also partly deaf, so maybe visible sound is what I want? Or is that nightmarish? What's going on here? Kaiza. So, Hank, mm-hmm. I googled yeah. the phrase. Yeah. Are you dreaming about invisible sounds? Which is what they must have wanted you to do. And no one has ever used it on Google. Oh, so that's not what they wanted you to do. Or if it is what they wanted you to do, they they failed miserably in their attempts to. Or they want they they intentionally picked a sentence that is uh, a sort of lacuna. Right. Like a Google lacuna. Right. Yes. And I love a gookuna. A (laughs) gookuna. That might be worse. 
Uh, I love the idea. I, so, so initially, I was like, "This is a dumb sentence." Yeah. Are you dreaming about invisible sounds? It's like sounds a little bit like a like a nineteen year old got a, access to a sign. Totally. It's yeah. like pretentious, but I'm sorry to all nineteen year olds. No, no, no. You know, or a nineteen year old John. Okay, yeah. For you example, say like uh, mid career John Green got a hold of. Sign. <laughs> I, I, I get it. Um, I know what you mean. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like sort of like pretentious, but ultimately maybe. Uh, empty, like void of me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it sounds really good, and then mm. the more you look at it, there's a lot of sentences like that in English literature that, like, the writer was so enamored with the sound of them mm-hmm. that they got they, in there. They got in the book, and it's in like quotely now or and whatever. Totally, and it yeah. gets quoted all the time. But then you're like, I don't yeah, know that not, I know what that means, it's, or, or actually, that's something that uh, right. that that is known. Right, right. That's an obvious. Either that's obvious, or like I, I actually disagree with that sentiment. Right. I well, a there's whole, a lot of those. I wrote a whole chapter about this in the Anthropocene Reviewed book because there's that beautiful um, sentence in Gatsby uh, where where he talks about how um, for a transitory enchanted moment, man uh, must have looked at the present, been in the presence of this continent, seeing for the last time something commensurate with. Man's capacity for wonder, which is such a great line that you don't realize that, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's this kind of sentence. But then when I found out that it's not on Google, mm-hmm. I went all the way around yeah. to, like, oh, actually, it's a brilliant sentence. <laughs> yeah. Any sentence that's not on Google that makes a, any kind of sense is a brilliant sentence at this point. Are you dreaming about invisible sounds? It's not, it's not long either. Are you dreaming about invisible sounds? All sounds are invisible, right? All sounds. Mm. I guess, like, if a sound is really loud and it like blows a yeah. water glass off of a of, off of a yeah, you can. There are table. ways. There are times in which sound can become visible. As so, like sound being a pressure wave. Mm-hmm. If you are in a situation where the pressure wave is strong enough and the humidity is like in the perfect spot, mm-hmm. the humidity and temperature and pressure are all in the perfect spot, mm-hmm. the sound wave can actually be visible as a condensation wave. Oh. So you can, like, like basically a cloud will form along with the sound. But most of the time you're dreaming about sounds, you're dreaming about invisible sounds. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, everything else is invisible when you're dreaming. Mm, no. In that it is inside of the mind. Oh, God. It, was that true? But if I have a dream where I see things, those things are visible, right? Well, we're not going to get to the bottom of this one. Okay. Enough, <laughs> I, I, I think it's a construct. I have gone all the way from thinking I don't like the sentence to thinking that I do like the sentence. Yeah. And are you dreaming about invisible sounds? Is that it? Yeah. They're called information voids. Mm. When someone is like, you should Google this Mm. uh, specific string and that takes you. So it's basically like instead of having a, a URL. You're like, I have been the only person to say this this phrase a bunch. And so you can search for that. It's often used in sort of misinformation circles where like, so that you can get people to the misinformation around Google's like not, desire to not promote mis- misinformation, you create a new a new term for something and that's, an, that's a void. Where is that the true? only thing you search for it is, is things that they want to come up, come up. Is that true? Yeah. An information okay. void. Okay, but for the record, if you Google, are you dreaming about invisible sounds? It's not like a bunch of conspiracy theories. No, no, about no. Whether birds but this is real this isn't an information void because it doesn't exist at all. Oh, so okay. information voids actually okay. have a thing that takes you, but it takes you to the specific thing that they want you to see. 
Okay, so the idea is that eventually, maybe they're laying the groundwork now. Right. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I want to know more about this sign. Is it? Yeah. Is it like? Is it like on the on a Wendy's like on like the letters under the Wendy's sign or is it a billboard? I, I really, really. Is it just hope like, it's a, a like a like a yard sign like a political? A, I, I hope it's a Wendy's with like an ambitious owner slash person who puts up the um, mm-hmm. daily messages of affirmation and sales. I mean, oh, oh, Wendy's going all in on cryptic. Yes. Wendy's, sign messages. Wendy's going full Night Vale. Yes. Would be amazing. Amazing. And they totally rebrand and it's like blue and black and gray and silvery. Yeah. And it's sort of haunted mansion vibe when you go into a <laughs> Wendy's. And there's like there's like whispers coming from the speakers instead of music. There's like whispers coming from the speakers. <laughs> instead of country music. That are, that are, yeah. That are like... Um, do you feel a void emerging within you that's like a canyon, except you yourself must cross it? You you, you have to cross the canyon that is yourself. Yes. Yeah. Welcome to Wendy's. Uh, are you dreaming of invisible sounds? Would you like to try the new triple bacon cheddar sandwich? And while you're at it, would you like to try to engage for the first time with the reality of your situation as a human, frail, dying, afraid? (laughs) And ultimately, alone. I mean, I know, I know Wendy says like a terrible time recruiting employees right now because they don't pay enough, but like, that seems like a great way to get around it. I'd yeah. go work at Wendy's if it became like a haunted mansion of existential <laughs> would dread. Like, would you like to supersize your dread? <laughs> <laughs> would you like some, a biggie sized crisis with that? <laughs> Wendy's uh, is biggie, right? I, yeah, the only way the only way I'm giving you a frosty is if you look me dead in the eyes and say, "I don't know why I'm here, and I understand that I never will." <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to this question from Megan. I don't know if we answered the question, but I think we. I, think I don't we know what, what it. I don't know what it means. I think we did what we were supposed to do. Yeah. Megan says, um, "Can you use a vacuum inside a vacuum?" Uh, no. <laughs> Can you use a vacuum? And no. No, 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 no. You can't. You can't. No, you can't. I'm there. I'm there. You definitely can't. A vacuum works by creating an area of low pressure, and you pull things into that area of low pressure. You can't create a lower pressure than a vacuum. Okay, but that's so. Wait, so that's. Doesn't it do it by electricity? What? You have to... Okay. Yes, you use the electricity to create the area of low pressure. But, and that pulls stuff from the area of high pressure. Okay, but my argument is this. If you, what a vacuum does at its core... Du- a vacuum cleaner. A vacuum cleaner. Okay. Yes. I don't know what a vacuum of space does at its core. I don't think any of us do. That's actually a, that's actually one of the things that Wendy's uh, wants us to talk about. What is the difference between welcome, emptiness and nothing? Welcome, welcome, welcome to, to Wendy's. Welcome to Wendy's. We understand that vacuums exist, but why? Welcome to Wendy's. The space between two things is nothing. But it exists. 
<laughs> Welcome to Wendy's. The space between galaxies uh, exists, is nothing, and is expanding at an accelerating rate. <laughs> Um, so here's my, here's my argument about, about a vacuum cleaner. Mm-hmm. If you could somehow plug it in, in a vacuum or get electricity yeah. to it in a vacuum, right. the wheels would still spin. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the wheels would spin in that, in that sense, you can vacuum a vacuum. You're not going to get anything up into your whoozy what's, but like, you're not going to do that anyway. You're not, you're, vac- you're not vacuuming the vacuum though. You're the, the thing's spinning, oh, but nothing's you're, happening. You're wondering if you can get you're, the you're not vacuum sucking anything into, in. You, yes, of course. How, there's nothing to suck in. Well, no, no, no. It's not just that. It's like it's it. But I would actually argue that <laughs> that, is, is, that is the main thing. Yeah. If there's no, nothing to suck in. Then like the vacuum, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't matter what the pressure differentiation is. There's no thing to suck. There's no thing. To I don't know. Arrive it, in I, the it, bag. It feels like it matters to me. Why? I don't know. It feels like it matters. So like the the reason that you can't vacuum a vacuum isn't that there's nothing there. It seems to me that it is. Well, so so also, so if the pressure inside of the vacuum yeah. was a positive pressure and and the thing outside of the vacuum was the same positive pressure, mm-hmm. it still would not vacuum. It would not do a vacuuming even if there was something there. And so the problem is that the pressure is inside and outside of the vacuum cleaner is the same. I think the problem is that there is nothing to vacuum. Well, I think it's it's totally possible that we have proved the same fact in two different ways. I think that's that's the situation. Well, I think my proof is vastly more elegant. Well, that <laughs> now we're mathematicians. Like that's that's what math actually is. That's the real math is is mathematicians arguing yeah. about whether their proof is better, I feel like, regardless of the fact that both of them do prove the thing. I feel like my proof would be in the annals of mathematics, and your proof would be in like vacuum monthly. <laughs> I disagree. I think mine is more mathy and yours is more hu- like the vacuum doesn't have anything to suck on. <laughs> but I would argue that is the much more fundamental issue. Welcome to Wendy's. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Hank, there have been a number of questions related to uh, horses in Montana. Okay. So I think, I don't know if some viral YouTuber made a video. I don't know what happened, but I feel like we have to answer one of them. This one is from Alexis, who writes, Dear John and Hank, I know Hank lives in Montana. Mm -hmm. I just recently heard that there is a law that if you ride a horse to school, the principal must care for that horse while the student is in class. Is this a real thing? Does the principal have have to have knowledge on horse care in order to get the job as a principal in Montana? <laughs> Could I have been saving money on gas this whole time by riding a horse, keeping it real, Alexis? Well, their last name is real. John, yeah. I have taken some time to Google, yeah. um, and it seems like this is a real law. Yeah, but it's one of those laws. Yeah, like a lot of. These like anytime you you hear like a weird law on today I learned on the sure. subreddit or you hear a weird yeah. law on a YouTube video compilation, it's worth remembering that most of these weird laws uh, are still on the books precisely because they are never a problem. Yeah. Why would you get rid of a law mm-hmm. that is not a problem? It's not like it's taking up a bunch of space. Nobody's like, wow. So many people are bringing their horses to school and the principals have to care for them and it's a massive, unending issue. Though apparently three or so years ago, a bunch of students found out about the law and did ride their horses to school and the school had to take care of them. 
So, so now, now, now you're the reason that they're going to have to get rid of the law, right, which of exactly. course, like they they will if it becomes a problem. They will if enough kids. And there was a time that. when it was it was important for people who would get to school on their horses to have some place, some like way to have their horses be taken care of while they were in school. Otherwise, kids couldn't get educations. Yeah. Um, but uh, nobody rides their horses to school anymore uh, in Montana. Not and, nobody. Three kids did a couple years ago. And, and it's, uh, it's not common. And and the folks in Montana generally find the horse stereotypes to be a bit much. Oh, do they? We do. We hear it a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh, the horses, and it's like it's just a, it's just a state. Do you have a horse? Well, I I, I didn't think you had a horse, but I also <laughs> didn't think you had a tattoo. So life's full of surprises for me. Yeah, welcome to Wendy's. The per, the, you never know if someone has a horse. This question is from Caitlin who asks, Dear Hank and John, I have an issue with the phrase, keep an ear out for. Mm. Like what? How do I keep an ear out? Is this just like a semi-mid-south Oklahoma saying? Thank you. Keep an ear out, Caitlin. I, I have heard this before. I have a theory about it that's probably wrong, mm-hmm. which is that... Places where you say keep an ear out mm-hmm. are places where I don't want to say, Caitlin, that there's not a lot to look at, but places where sound travels. Let me say this differently. I, I have heard this before. We're more accustomed, I think, to hearing keep an eye out for something. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Keep, like keep looking for something. Still awful weird. It is weird. But what I like about keep an ear out for is that it's much more realistic because sound travels over very long sure. distances. And so you can keep an ear out for the train, even if you can't see it, because you'll be like, the train is here. I, I can tell from the beep. Yeah, beep-a-dee. well, I like the idea with, with a hoopity hoop. I like the idea that you're not keeping an eye out. Like, if you're not keeping an eye out for something, mm-hmm. you just, like, closed your eyes. You're like, I'm yeah. done. I'm not looking. I yeah. put the sleep mask on and wrap my head with a nice bandage. Yeah. And yeah, I think when people say keep an eye out for it, they mostly mean like, hey, don't check TikTok every 13 seconds. Like, keep an eye out. Yeah, keep an eye out. Keep an eye out for that package. But I'd rather keep an ear out. Like if I was... I'd honestly rather have both, all of my sensing organs in. Mm. Like connected to my body. Mm. Like not, like definitely not out of my house. Mm. Out of what? What about... Yeah, I think it's keep keep an ear out of what, out of what. Welcome keep an to ear Wendy's. Out for keep an ear out for. Of it's not of though. Keep an ear out for. for but what am I keeping it out of for something? Prepositions. This is it's. The more I think about it, the less I like it. Yeah. Which is the opposite of our Wendy's idea. <laughs> um, I actually it's think that is better a, and better. that is a rebrand that would crush. Yeah, I don't even think that have to do the whole thing. I think that just the messages on the board. Yeah, well, you start with just the messages yeah. on the board, and then it gets creepier and creepier and creepier. And people are like, "Why is Wendy's going full creepy?" And all the kids are like, "Time shouldn't go to Taco Bell anymore." Yeah, Taco thing- Bell became cool for, and it still has been like the cool kid place for like 30 yeah. years they have to reinvent themselves every six months how, how did, i don't know how they do it but they do it wendy's it's right there it's you right just there. gotta get super weird you gotta out weird them mm-hmm. you've gotta become you've gotta go to a place where taco bell's like that doesn't seem safe for our brand and our <laughs> brand is low quality <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh, I love it. I love it so much. It reminds me, actually, that today's podcast is brought to you by Hank and John's Takeover of Wendy's. Wait, Hank and John's hostile takeover of Wendy's. We're pouring all of our dear Hank and John Patreon money. Right. Forget it. We're not paying for SciShow and Crash Course and Mars Poetic anymore. We're hoarding it so that we can have a hostile takeover of Wendy's. We're going to Wendy's cost. We're going to need all of everybody to give us $10 each. It can't be that much. For Wendy's. How much is it? John just looked it up. What's Wendy's? Three billion. Three billion. Three How many months. people listen to Dear Hang and John? I mean, enough that they each have to give a million dollars. What's three billion divided by 200,000? You'll be shocked. 15? The answer is 15,000. I know. Okay. So, so we need everybody to give us 15,000. I mean... That's like, that's less than most college educations, and you get Wendy's! You're saying we, but the, first off, what we're saying to them mm-hmm. is... Take to, out some student loans. We're saying to them... Don't get an education. Give us your life savings, mm-hmm. because we are going to decrease its size. Yeah, 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 we're gonna, we're gonna make Wendy's awful. We're, we're gonna take... It's gonna, it's gonna maybe, it's gonna maybe not exist in like a matter of months. Like, I, what I can tell you is our branding ideas are, are probably pretty bad, but our how to run a restaurant ideas are definitely Terrible. bad. Terrible. So bad. Terrible. Like, our, like, meat logistics <laughs> knowledge is very low. So true. <laughs> like, That's I don't so know true. what I don't know about meat logistics. I, 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 the, uh, the, I, the, the, the unknown unknowns are m- <laughs> many. Yeah, take it from the take it from the two guys whose favorite fast food restaurant racks was killed by a single advertising campaign. <laughs> we can do this. This podcast is also brought to you by Meat Logistics. Meat Logistics. Somebody's got to do it, but not us. Good, good, good work if you can get it. Uh, today's work is also uh, today's today's podcast is also brought to you by the Vacuum Vacuum. Oh. It, the reason it won't work is because you can't vacuum nothing. And also, this podcast is brought to you by an ear. An ear. Keep it, keep keep it out. out. Keep one out for something. We also have a Project for Awesome message from <clears throat> Alec from Minneapolis. To my family, now with 50% more humans. Fitz, welcome to the earth, buddy. I can't wait to watch you grow and help guide you to be a loving, thoughtful, compassionate human. Hannah, congratulations and welcome to motherhood. You will be an amazing mother and you are exactly the partner I want to spend the rest of my life with. I love you both very much. Lovely. Thank you so much for that. That is beautiful. Welcome to the world, Fitz. John. You you know what uh, uh, Kurt Vonnegut said about that? No one. Welcome to the world, babies. It's hot, wet, and crowded, and there's only one rule. You gotta be kind. Aw. This episode of Dear Hang John is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly shipped to the doorstep. It's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Trobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt, 
I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. So listen, your toilet is massively gross, like it's grosser than you think. In fact, bacteria and viruses can hang around in the toilet bowl even after multiple flushes. And I recently found the easiest way to clean my toilet, Blue Land's Sustainable Toilet Cleaner Tablets. Just drop, watch it fizz, brush, and flush. It is truly that simple. No more scrubbing for hours. Plus, the tablets are plastic-free. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with the same powerful clean that you're used to. Blue Land products are effective and affordable, and their toilet tablets are proven to work on a wide range of toilet stains, including rust, mineral deposits, lime scale, and hard water. And you can even get more savings by buying refills in bulk or setting up a subscription. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. John, I have a question I'd like to ask you because I hope that you have an answer for it because I also would like to know it deep, desperately. It's from sure. Maddie who asks, Dear Hank and John, what? Hank, no, don't ask me, ask John. Why is an absolutely remarkable thing priced at $40 for a hardcover? I wanted to buy the hardcover since listening to your podcast, but I definitely can't afford it at $40. Yeah. I also don't recall ever seeing a hardcover priced that high. Mm. Uh, appreciate you so much, but I am confused. 23 without finding a name specific anything, Maddie. So the what the heck's going on? That's well, wild. I do not like this. The first thing you should know, Maddie, is that Hank does not decide the price of the hardcover. Sure, but that's also not the price of the hardcover. Right, but the um, but the hardcover is not widely available. This is a very weird thing about publishing that it just needs to get over. Mm-hmm. Like people, I'll give you an, a counterexample. Mm-hmm. Currently on Amazon. The only paperback edition of the Anthropocene Reviewed is the large print edition, which is for you know people who like to read with much larger text yeah. and the margins. That's are very really weird. Small. Yeah, but but the reason is it's because the paperback isn't out yet because traditionally hardcovers come out, yeah. and then a year later paperbacks come out. Mm-hmm. But contemporary readers, a lot of them don't know about this weird rule that exists for no reason, yeah. except to try to generate more money, but. But they, uh, and so they expect, I think quite reasonably, to be Mm -hmm. able to choose how they want to read a book. If they want to read a book on audio, they want to be able to do that from day one. Paperback from day one, hardcover from day Mm -hmm. one. If they want to buy like a special, really beautiful edition with an an amazing cover, they want to be able to do that from day one. Yeah. And some people have figured this out. 
but these billion-dollar publishing companies simply haven't figured it out. Well, they, so desperate, right now, they desperately don't want to figure it out because they like to have that more expensive year of hardcovers before paperbacks, which are cheaper. Yes, yes. I, and I guess I understand that, but if they were making premium hardcovers, they could more than make up for that, right? If they were making, if there was right, actually right. a $40 mm-hmm. uh, and it was worth it. an absolutely remarkable yeah. thing that was worth $40 because it was, because it, you because, know, But right now this hardcover is just be, not being sold hardcover. by, not being sold by Amazon or, or my publisher, it's being sold by some random person. Yeah, and that and and that's what happens at Amazon when a book is no longer available from the publisher mm-hmm. because the publisher is like, oh no, the hardcover's over. We're in we're in we're in paperback now, right? And we'll be in paperback. And we will for, never make hardcovers again. We'll be in paperback yeah. for the rest of forever because that's how books work, right? But that's only how books work because publishers because that's it's what they've decided to consumers. Yeah, and so I would argue that if you have both the hardcover and the paperback available at the same time and you're just meeting the needs of your customers mm-hmm. a lot of them will still buy hardcovers because they're pretty they like to have them on a shelf they hold up better mm-hmm. whatever yeah and the ones who want paperbacks can get paperbacks and, and instead of instead of the situation where right now a lot of people wait for a year yeah and so you get two two like you don't get like all the sales at once yeah you don't get all the so atten- you and you also you, don't like build up the as much attention and interest yeah, and, 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 the, and the word of mouth yeah. and everything and this is something I, I think we've seen with an absolutely remarkable thing because it is such a good book uh, it, it, it had it's like big initial life where it sold a lot of copies mostly to people who knew who you were who were nerd fighters etc and then it's had this second life where the rest of the world has discovered it but I actually think that second life would have happened faster mm-hmm. if the paperback had been available immediately. Yeah. And so I feel quite strongly that this is the wrong way to do it. And the fact that right now, the Anthropocene-reviewed large print edition is selling better on Amazon than the Anthropocene-reviewed hardcover, wow. which is the edition that like my publisher thinks yeah. is the only edition. And wow. then the, the, the large print edition is just something they do as an afterthought. Mm-hmm. But like... People don't understand that, so they don't think they're buying the large print edition in the vast majority of cases. They think they're just buying a paperback that costs 60 cents less, and they like paperbacks. Yeah, they want a paperback. Well, the uh, what I can say is that DFTBA.com has a hardcover of an absolutely remarkable thing for sale for ten dollars and eighty cents. There you go. But uh, so go. I've we've set that at a very cheap price. It's yeah. cheaper than the paperback on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, but you do have to pay for shipping, which is probably five or six dollars. Um, but, but it's still so. way less than forty. Yes. So that is available, and if everybody could go and and get it. Uh, that would be great because they are, are taking up space in the warehouse and Josh would like me to get rid of them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Hank, before we get to the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon, I just have to have a quick response while we're talking about our books to this question from Cooper who writes, Dear John and Hank, on this week's episode of The Pod, Hank mentioned that we are stuck with the QWERTY keyboard layout forever, which got me wanting to know more. How did this layout originate? Is there a layout that's more practical? How would you rearrange it? Cooper. Well, Cooper, as it happens, I not to brag, have written what I think is the uh, yeah. authoritative text on the QWERTY keyboard and how it got that way. Better than what you are going to read everywhere else. Well, I don't think that anyone's ever written about well, a it lot except of for peop- me. Well, a lot of people like write little blog posts. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine is much more researched yeah. than those blog posts. A lot of those blog posts, sadly, are wrong because like their story is really fun a lot of times. And I, yeah, I it's just it like, it's like the, I hope that's true. the thing that comes along, you yeah. know? 
But the real story of the QWERTY keyboard, there are some people, other, there are a lot of people who've written about it, but I have also written about it in the Anthropocene Reviewed book. There's a whole chapter about it if you want to learn more. So get that book, but don't get the large print edition. Just get the regular <laughs> Or get the large print edition if you want it. It's up to you. Hank, what is the news from Mars? Um, oh, so you're not going to tell us anything about the QWERTY keyboard. You're just going to make people buy a book. It, but I just, I just sold people my book. It, it, mine's ten dollars and eighty cents. Mine's like sixteen. You can get both. Get both. <laughs> um, I all I'll say about the QWERTY keyboard layout is the reason nobody's ever written about it is because people generally don't write about slow iterative change that involved thousands or tens of thousands of collaborators working together rather than like one individual sure. genius emerging yeah. um, from nowhere to take over the world. Yes, but uh, we will not change the keyboard layout unless uh, we lose a key lose keyboards for a period of time and then need to get them back. Mm -hmm. That's the only way that it would happen and that I think would be a bad outcome mm -hmm. uh, in the exact same way that alphabetical order is older than any word right right what's the news from Mars in news from Mars the uh, Perseverance rover is traveling and seeing interesting sights along the way thanks to Mastcam Z Mastcam Z which is a camera we're getting to see some of those interesting things and on June 12th the rover snapped a picture of a weird rock formation in the Jezero crater you want to look at this rock yeah. it's so freaking cool uh, on one side of the picture uh, it kind of looks like Pride Rock from the Lion King except if Pride Rock also looked like a snake with its mouth open and in the background you can also see a boulder balancing on top of another larger rock just sitting there. Oh, like a cairn. Yeah, like somebody did that, but they didn't. James Rice, a geologist working on the Mastcam Z team, told Gizmodo that those rocks are sometimes called PBRs, which stands for precariously balanced rocks. <laughs> this rock might have formed when uh, wind or chemical erosion wore down local bedrock and shaped it. Do you think? Do you think there's any possibility that that guy's buddies were like, listen, if you can get the, <laughs> if you can, the word PBR into it, yeah, they were story, they were drink they were drinking. I will buy you yeah. a case of PBRs. <laughs> So the PBRs are scientifically useful because they can tell you about the Mars quakes that did not happen. Because when you got a rock balanced on another rock, then you can tell the ground around it has not moved enough to knock that rock over. Yeah. In that capacity, PBRs are also sometimes known as reverse seismometers. Oh, I love it. On June 13th, the rover also took a picture of a silvery material found stuck between two rocks. It was our trash. <laughs> it's just a pop bottle top. It is. Well, yeah, yeah. It's some foil that came from the thermal blanket. So, so we got so we got some PBRs on Mars. So we got some PBRs on Mars and some reverse seismometers on Mars. Well, the news from AFC Wimbledon is that Johnny Jackson, our Johnny new, Jackson, our new manager, has put together uh, with the help of the rest of the club our preseason schedule. The, set, the, the season starts in August, Tank, so we're, it, it's, it's, we're getting there. Mm -hmm. We don't currently have enough players, um, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> You'll get them. We have a preseason schedule. Um, we are playing uh, three teams uh, at Plow Lane, so mm -hmm. like three teams at home. Ipswich Town, mm -hmm. uh, best known for being uh, having a logo where a horse is holding a football. It's a wild logo. Reading Football Club. 
um, which is spelled like reading, but pronounced Reading, mm-hmm. and Oxford United. Because the Reading Football Club would be a totally different thing. <laughs> totally different vibe. Um, and Oxford United. So if you happen to be in London mm-hmm. in July or early August, I cannot recommend enough uh, going to all three of those games. I think you can get tickets to all three games for just £24 or six. Thousand dollars. I don't know how. I don't know how it works. <laughs> so, how it works. so you get get tickets to the games, and if AFC Wimbledon has enough players, yes. they will play sports. That's right. They'll play sports, and you can see the word DFTBA on the back of still doing it, huh? Their shorts. Is that better? For, is the fact that they got demoted like good for our sponsorship dollars? Is I asked, it less I, now. I, I requested the same price. Mm, okay. They didn't. They didn't raise the price on us when when they got promoted. So oh. I figured we oh, would yeah, yeah. cut the price on yeah. them when they got. De-loaded. That's great. Yeah. Well, Hank, thank you for potting with me. We're off to eat dinner with our families. Yes, but, but before we do that, we're going to record this week in stuff our patron only podcast. Where you can find out at dear at Hank at patreon.com slash dear Hank dear Hank and John. Thanks, John. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals Rojas. Our editorial assistant is Taboki Chakravarti. Our head of community and communications is Julia. Julia Bloom. Yeah. Julia Bloom, who we just got to hang out with. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah. Also really fun to hang out with everybody else on the team. Anyway, uh, the music that you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say at our local Wendy's, the end is coming. Don't forget to be awesome. <laughs>